Welcome back to the witching half hour or so. How have you been? How is your summer going? Mine has been wonderful. I've got lots of plans this summer. I've already been out to the coast. I'm going to be visiting some families, so I'm really excited about that. I'll be at Pagan Pride again this summer, so I'm starting to think about that and getting geared up about that. I'm not going to be selling my soap there, though. I just... I've been so busy doing other things. I've got a couple projects brewing that I haven't sat down to the cauldron. I'm actually almost out of soap, which is kind of weird for my family. We're never, we're never soapless, but we're getting pretty low. Anyway, I will be doing readings at Pagan Pride. So if you want to come out and visit me, I'll be there. I'm hoping to get some sound bites. I had a blast last year doing it. Pagan Pride will be happening on Saturday, August 12th at Trout Lake Park. That's in the greater Vancouver area. It's a wonderful time. There's lots of great things going on. There will be public ritual. It's a great place if you are a seeker to dip your toes in the water and learn all about the different modalities. It's such a welcoming, beautiful day. I really hope to see you there. Even if you don't have a reading with me, please pop by my booth, say hello. I'd love to see you, my Earbud Coven members, to really put a face to all of you who I talk to. This moon, we are doing a tarot episode. We are talking about the temperance card of the tarot. This is the 14th card of the tarot. She comes right after the death card. And you know, I'm going to be really honest with you. It took me a lot of years of study to really understand this card. When I was an early reader, it was one of those cards that didn't quite, I just didn't quite know what to do with it. You know, the energy of it was something I couldn't put my finger on. And I didn't like a lot of the write-ups that I found in books. You know, you get the little pamphlets. I'm sure you're familiar with them. You get those little pamphlets with your tarot decks and they have a couple phrases and I would look at the card and I would look at the phrases and they just, I couldn't quite put my finger on it when it came up for me. And when I was reading for myself, a lot of times when this card would come up, I would feel into it and it would just feel so, I think foreign is the word I want to use. Now to tell you more about what I was like in my 20s. I'm, I am an Aries sign through and through. I also have um, an Aries moon and I have Mercury in my sign of Aries with me. So there is a lot of passion to how I show up in the world. I'm very fiery. And in my 20s, in the beautiful 90s, I was full of all kinds of youthful angst and rage and I was angry at a lot of things. Well, I don't know if I was angry at a lot of things. I was pretty rebellious. Let's say that. 
Okay, it got me to this path of witchcraft where I have stayed and grown and turned into a wise sage kind of crony lady. Anyway, I just could not relate to the slow, beautiful energy of the temperance card. I could relate to the chariot card. I could relate to the death card. I could relate to, you know, the whole suit of wands just felt like it was speaking directly to my soul when I read tarot. But this temperance card, it was hard for me. So I'd like to share with you a little bit about some of the ways I've come to understand the temperance card. It feels like a heavier, heavy is not the right word. It's a, it's a very stable energy, but it's not a stagnant energy. And I think that's what I had a hard time understanding in my youth was that this card wasn't so much about stopping and pausing. It was about moving through things at a careful pace. And they, the temperance card, if you look at it, it typically has an angelic form, usually female, sometimes androgynous. There's an idea of wings. There's an idea of ascension. It comes after the death card. So you're coming right out of a phase of transition. So it's not about change so much. The transition is done in the death card. The temperance card is about refining and allowing the lesson to, allowing it to zhuzh into your energy field and purifying the lesson. You see the idea with temperance of shifting water or sand between two containers and allowing things to settle, allowing things to purify. And think of that process, okay? Think about the process of taking water, letting particles settle down to the bottom and then carefully shifting it to a new container. It takes concentration. It takes patience. You can't rush the process. And I think that's why in my youth, I could not wrap my brain around this card. I didn't slow down for anything. I ran into everything straight on as the little stubborn, fiery Aries I am. The idea of sitting back, taking stock, and moving through something with care and patience had never occurred to me. And that is why I struggled with the card. And why do I tell you this beautiful analogy of me and my youth, not just to teach you about the temperance card, but also so that, my dear coven mate, that you can think about the cards that you struggle with and maybe look at those cards and look into what is it about the card that just doesn't jive with you. And you can look at that from like a very compassionate place. You can compassionately examine the things you don't like about the archetype of a card. Often it just speaks to us where we are not as strong, where we can learn something. So now the definition of the temperance card is to temper something. And I finally made sense of it, not thinking about that angelic form that's often depicted shifting water, but thinking about the idea of tempering. The root word of temperance, tempering. What does it mean to temper something? So think of a sword or think of a walking stick or think of something you need to harden and make stronger. 
We do this by exposing things to heat slowly and evenly with thoughtfulness. We don't want to burn them. We don't want to, if it's a walking stick, you want to put it in the fire just enough, but you don't want to burn the stick. I've never tempered a stick. I have a tempered staff that my beautiful friend, Mike, he made for me. He's an amazing carver and um, he made it, it was a gift to me and he tempered the end of that. And when you look at it, the the wood is, it's darkened, but it's not charred. The wood is not damaged, but it's hardened by being repetitively put into sacred fire. If we think about tempered steel, right? The process that a smith would do to temper a blade is to heat it up, but not to heat it so much that it's going to change the shape of the sword or bother the edge or, or affect the craftsmanship of that weapon just enough to harden it so that in battle, it is hard and solid. So the temperance card is all about taking the lessons we've learned and allowing them to change within us to wisdom, to harden our ideals to harden our will. I don't think harden is the right word there because we're not hardening our hearts in our lesson, but to solidify our lessons, to take the ethereal ideas that we are processing, that we are learning and allow them to become firm beliefs, allow them to become a tangible thing. That's the temperance card. And it takes time. It's a process that cannot be rushed. So when the temperance card comes up for your clients, some of the things you can look at depending on their question and depending on how this card is showing up in their spread, of course, and we're in these higher vibrational cards. So again, we're looking not just at the way our client or ourselves, if we're reading for ourselves, relates internally to things, but the way we relate externally, the way we're showing up in the outside world with the people around us. So we want to look at this card and we want to think about what is it that we are rushing? Is there a place our our client is trying to rush through something? Is there something they don't want to see that they don't want to look at that they want to bypass and move over? and get to the other side of. The temperance card is telling you not to do that. The temperance card is asking you to take the time to allow things to zhuzh, to allow things to gel, to take the lessons you've learned in the processes you've gone through and really sit with them and let them purify and harden and become part of, I don't know, the whole, I guess. It's a process you can't rush. It's also a process that is active. That's one of the things, just because we're in stillness does not mean we're not active. So one of the things about the temperance card is, and we want to go back to that imagery of shifting water between two jars in order to purify it. When you are waiting for things, all the sediment to fall down to the bottom of your jar, you're still actively doing something. You're pausing with 
intention. You're not complacent. You're not sitting there doing nothing. You're pausing with intention and you're allowing things to settle so that you can examine them. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I find this card a bit abstract and a bit tricky to look at. I was originally taught to look at the tarot in sets of seven. That's how it was taught to me originally. And the second set of seven, the temperance card puts us at the last card in the second set of seven. The second set of seven relates a lot to our second initiation step in traditional witchcraft, right? In Wiccan circles, in British traditional witchcraft, in a lot of fairy craft circles, a lot of circles, they associate these seven cards with the second initiation, right? Looking into the darker aspects, the shadow aspects of ourselves, really challenging our ego, really challenging the way we show up in community and who we are with ourselves and in relation to our peers. And this last card, the idea of temperance is all about allowing those lessons to really develop and to get a good understanding of power, of faith, taking the different things we learned walking through card eight through 13 and really processing that, getting those lessons into our etheric body and into our auric field and understanding them on a deeper level. It's a lesson that can't be or a card that can't be rushed. I hope that makes sense. So know that when you're talking with your clients, that there's always something when this card shows up that your client needs to take the time to process and understand. Not just on a, on a surface level, but on an under the iceberg kind of level. There's something going on in the situation that has a deeper meaning, that has layers to it, that has to settle out so that we can really examine it. So now that I've shared my understanding of the temperance card and what it's come to mean to me, starting from a place of really not feeling it at all, I'm going to share with you some of the traditional interpretations you will get when you look into books on tarot and you start studying yourself. So one of the ones that comes up, one of the themes that comes up with the temperance card focuses on the color of the urns that she's holding. So one tends to be silver and one tends to be gold. So if you look at it from an alchemical standpoint, the idea behind the temperance card is shifting the vitreos of the human, right? This kind of ethereal energy that the old alchemists believe was the essence of life. Turning it from silver to gold, moving this ethereal water from the silver jar, which is associated with our humanness, but our, not our humanness, but like silver is associated with the feminine and with the moon and with our intuition and our creativity. 
and further refining that by taking that liquid and putting it into the gold container. The idea behind alchemy was to turn the soul to gold. So this point of the tarot is where we are moving from the psychic or psychological point to the superego point, right? Where we're beyond, where we're into that high vibrational, very, how do I say this? Like that crown chakra guru kind of space, moving from the silver to the gold container. And if we actually look at the Alistair Crowley deck, the Thoth deck, he actually shows an alchemist. And instead of having a lady pouring the water, he has a light and dark kind of creature there. I'll, I'll put a picture. I'll, I'll include this one on the YouTube for sure, you guys. And it shows an alchemist working away. So there really is an idea here of pausing between the second set of seven cards before you go into the third set of seven and how you're going into a much more exalted place, how you're moving out of basic humanity and getting into the idea of the divinity and the really guru-esque kind of idea of the soul. I hope that makes sense. I can't find the right word for higher self today that sounds right. And then you'll have a whole nother aspect to this card where you'll read other books and it'll all be about purification, healing waters, divine feminine, and balance. There are certain decks that really relate this figure to the Archangel Raphael. And it's very much related to healing and it's very much related to letting go of your human self and focusing on your divinity. So that's one way. So it's kind of like saying that the temperance card is the point where we level up to our higher self, to our divine self. And it's that process of purification of the soul so that we can resonate at that very, very super level. Okay. It's also a card you'll read that it is about healing, that it's about the healing of body, mind, and soul and bringing everything to balance. That the woman in the temperance card is like the Aquarius water bearer, right? Both of air and of water. And that it is about healing and coming to balance within one's secret self and external self and on these very kind of deep levels of balance. So it's a it's an interesting card because it's not simple and the books we read try to simplify it. And depending on what style of deck you use, you're going to see a different flavor around this card, right? So I really want to stress to you, my loves, that when we're reading, I mean, you can pull one or two cards for yourself if your intentions are set up and you're really kind of doing an inner self practice. But when it comes to some of these cards, 
especially the ones where the definitions through time and in our books seem to kind of shift and not be super clear. I think it's really important that when we're reading that we look at the tarot spread as a whole. We look at what position is this card in? What is this card highlighting? That way when the temperance card shows up, you can go, okay, this card is in, if let's say you're doing a Celtic cross, right? You could go, okay, so I have the temperance card and it is in the position of what is before me, right? So if it's in that position, you know that you're going into a time where you need to nurture yourself, where you need to slow down, where you're going to be solidifying your lessons or whatever you've just come out of, you're going to be solidifying them, that there's going to be a leveling up or a new understanding coming to you around a concept. It's It gets more and more difficult to read the tarot as individual cards as we get into some of these higher vibrational and more, I guess, abstract or metaphorical ideas and more complex symbolism where you have contradicting ideas from different modalities of occultism that have all used these cards so these ideas are imprinted and overlaid on top of them. And that's why I think spreads are so, so important that when you're looking at the tarot, you're actually coming to this tool of divinity with a question and looking for specific answers instead of coming to it of what is my card for the day what is my inspiration for the day you know like I find oracle cards are a lot better for that to pick a card and get inspired around what is my inspiration for the day what is my you know card of card of the day my mantra what can I hold on to and find beauty and joy in today where tarot goes a little deeper it has these different layers to it and we don't need to be intimidated by them these layers reflect the human condition that's why these cards have been around since you know ancient Spain and France and and Kings and queens, I mean, Queen Victoria had a tarot reader, you know, these things go back, I think his name was John D. These things go back into early occultism and back further than that. So they have these beautiful layers to them. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say. I'll make sure in the show notes that I put a copy of a Celtic cross so that you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about position. And um, yeah, there will be a YouTube. I haven't recorded it yet. I'm really enjoying kind of doing these and then popping on and doing the YouTube and just letting it unfold and seeing how it goes. We'll be looking at a couple different cards and, and just looking at some of the different artwork because we all know I love the art. I love the art and the tarot so much. Okay, my loves, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining me in your earbuds and being with me and sharing your time with me. You can find all of my offerings 
on my website, which is jodiannepsychicmedium.com. I'm probably going to be posting a lot on Instagram because it's summer, so I'm out doing lots of stuff. So you can check out my Instagram, which is at Sprite Made Soaps. What else? Please like and follow and rate the podcast. That helps us so, so much. I appreciate that so much. And if you're in a place where you want to be a subscriber and support the podcast, I would love that as well. We have extended episodes with all of our guests now that are paid subscriptions. And I'm looking at creating more content for you guys as we get more and more of you in the Patreon. Okay. I think that's everything. All right. Have a great day. Bye. bad way of like